Hello there, our dear listeners. Welcome to the HSK Student Pod. This is Richard, your host from the HSK ATEC team. Thank you for joining us on episode 13 of the HSK Student Pod. It's a pleasure to have you as one of our listeners. Before we continue, I just need to take this opportunity to say, hope you are fine despite the cold and windy weather we are going through at the moment. I also hope your exam weeks went well for you. I know many teaching staff are still extremely busy finishing off the marking. I also know the demands of assignments and placements for HSK students will never stop until the course is finished. I just wish you positive outcomes in your new assignments and placements despite the high demands and pressures you may go through when completing them. Dear our listeners, as usual, I don't want to let you down. I have several special guests who are going to share wonderful messages with us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. First, we have an introduction message from Karen Atkinson, our new Associate Dean for Learning and Teaching and Student Experience. Karen is going to give us some general news and updates on what's going on in the school. I now hand you over to Karen. Hello everyone, my name's Karen Atkinson and I'm the new Associate Dean Learning, Teaching and Student Experience here at the School of Health and Social Work and this is my first podcast. This is being released on February the 14th so first of all I'd like to say Happy Valentine's Day to you all. you're having a good semester so far. Lots of you will have um, had assessments and I hope they went well and either you'll be in uni studying away or you might be on placement. So I hope you're enjoying your experience, whatever it is at the moment. The first thing I'm going to mention for final year students follows on from something Julie spoke about in the last podcast and that's the National Student Survey. I'm not going to speak about it for long, but it's just to remind you that if you haven't completed it yet, please do. It's for final year students, as I've said, and it's about talking about how you found your time here, what you've enjoyed, but also if there are any areas or any ideas that you've got for improvements or developments for future cohorts. Thank you to those of you who've already filled it in. You may well have received some emails 
And also, don't worry if you get a phone call from Ipsos Mori. They may ring you if you haven't completed it um, and get you to actually complete it over the phone, which is quite quick and it only takes about five minutes. One thing to remember is that if you complete it by February the 28th, you'll be entitled to be entered into the University of Hertfordshire prize draw and uh, could win one of 10 prizes and a top prize of £1,000. For those of you who are level four students or first year students, you'll all have had experience of some assessments by now. But we have an opportunity for you to get more support through something called the Grade Up programme. This is running on every Wednesday in March and it involves four workshops. The first one is on improving confidence and this is run by a brilliant external coach called Samuel. And then we have writing for academic success, referencing and finding the best evidence. These sessions will all help you to improve your writing and um, do better in your assignments. Another advantage of going to the Grade Up programme is that you will meet other people who might be having similar issues to you. I know sometimes when you feel you're having a problem with something, you feel like you might be the only person, but actually you'll make links with other people and as well as staff being able to support you, other students on your programme or even other programmes might be able to help. So look out for the posters that are around and also any emails that might come through advertising the Grade Up programme. We look forward to seeing you if you come along. For our student representatives who do a brilliant job, just to let you know that Kayleigh Malone, our student community officer, will be running representative meetings in February, March and April to access your thoughts and ideas about your programmes, what's going well and what we might be able to work on and develop. It's absolutely crucial that we hear your voice as much as possible so that we can feed that into our programme developments as we go forward. So that's all from me this time. I hope you enjoy the rest of February and the beginning of March. I'll be back in the March podcast for the next edition. And so handing back to Richard. Thanks, Karen, for sharing with us the important news and keeping us up to date on what's going on in the school. Dear listeners, I'm sure you will all join me in welcoming Karen to our new role as the Associate Dean for Learning and Teaching and Student Experience for our school. Karen, we are also very happy to have you on the HSK Student Pod. Best wishes, Karen, from all the HSK Student Pod listeners. For this month's student success stories, we have for our guests, Stefania Dyers and Ruby Smith, second-year social work students. 
Stephanie and Ruby are going to share with us their experience during placements. Welcome Stephanie and Ruby to the HSK Student Pod. Hi. Welcome ladies, it's nice to have you here. I now hand you over to Karin, who had the opportunity of meeting and interviewing Stephanie and Ruby. Welcome Karin to the HSK Student Pod. Thank you very much. So, Stephanie, Stefania and Ruby, it's really nice to have you and thank you very much for sharing your experience with others. Thanks for having us. Okay. So, Stefania, first, you are based where? At CGL, um, which is, stands for Change, Grow, Live. So they are an alcohol and substance misuse recovery centre. Okay, so tell me what you do there. So what I will do there is I tend to work with um, different clients with different needs. So some will have um, alcohol problems, some may be binge drinkers, some may be heavily dependent. Mm-hmm. Um, also people who use a range of drugs from class A's such as heroin cocaine um down to people that might smoke cannabis even just once in a while Mm -hmm. so there's a complete different range of people um obviously that it affects their life in completely different ways so we do like personalized assessments we do key working sessions with them um we do mandatory group work Mm -hmm. which is um recovery focused and also a lot of complementary therapies i run the cooking group there which is a lot of fun um, I also do one of the mandatory groups, which is for people who are dependent drinkers. They will work with me for eight weeks. And then at the end of that, if they've made progress, they will get to go on a detox, mm-hmm. which is the end goal for them. And, and I hope that they all get there. OK, so let's just go back a little bit. You talked about complementary therapy. Yeah. What does that mean? So there are things that go alongside the service so people don't have to take up these opportunities but it's stuff that will enhance their life hopefully so Mm -hmm. for example with the cooking it's quite empowering because it teaches them a a life skill you know some people don't know how to even properly use a microwave actually Mm -hmm. opens your eyes quite Mm -hmm. a lot and when you can cook for yourself you're giving yourself a better chance of recovering because you you know you actually you're not going to be hungry you're not going to be yeah so um they also do arts and crafts which one of the other social work students um from our cohort is running Mm -hmm. that's really fun so they made like reefs christmas reefs and stuff and they did like halloween decorations they do acupuncture too they also do but not in our not in our hub they, they do mindfulness practice which is really beneficial it's all about positive coping strategies and giving each other people new interests so that it decreases the risk of them relapsing mm-hmm. so was this an area that you had some knowledge about before you went into it not at all um i wouldn't have picked this placement but i think it's completely fascinating I'm really glad I'm there so it is good to go into things with an open mind because you don't know what where your interests lie and what you're good at until you experience these things um, and yeah I love it what they do there is amazing it's really nice every day to be around people that are changing people's lives and they're really motivated to help and it's such a positive mm-hmm. environment which is lovely there's no stigma there so is that the reason why you came into social work to change people's life make a positive impact yeah I, I guess that's why we're all here really isn't it because I, I don't think you would be a social worker if you didn't want to help people yeah I, i'd say yeah it is it's, it's really lovely to be able to um, make difference in people's lives and get paid for it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Are you really being paid for it? <laughs> Not yet. At the moment, I'm paying to be there, aren't I? <laughs> One day, hopefully.
right. So thinking about, so you came into social work because you wanted to make a difference and yeah. you're in CGL. Mm-hmm. Are there other professionals that are working at CGL? Yeah, there's a range. I mean, there's nurses that work there, doctors. There's also student nurses that are also training. Recovery workers, um, who are the people that do well, most of the recovery work, they'll do mm-hmm. the assessments, they'll do um, the groups, they'll do the key work sessions. Um, then they have volunteers from the community and actually a lot of the people that are now employed in CGL are former um, people that had addiction problems okay. which is great and because does that work? yeah really well it's working really well um, I mean the people that I'm working with they're really talented and I think it helps the service users to connect because they look at these people that were once in similar positions to themselves and it gives them hope that they can change their life around as well and these people that are working for these procedures are now able to give back to the community and the people that help them. So it gives them a sense of purpose, which is great. So you're learning a lot about working with vulnerable people. So um, And you're learning about yourself as well, I assume. Yeah. So um, what are you learning about yourself? That I'm a lot stronger and capable than I thought I was. I mean, the people at CGL, they're really supportive, which is lovely. I don't feel like I've um, been able to, I don't feel like I'm doing, doing anywhere near as much as them, obviously, but mm-hmm. they're always really supportive and saying, you know, you, you've got this, you're doing so well, you're blowing it out of the water, which is great. It makes me feel um, like I'm making a difference. Okay. So it's lovely. So how do you relate the theory to practice? People are talking about the theory to practice. How is that working out? You see it playing out everywhere, all around you, actually the person-centred approach, things like that, that's happening all the time. Crisis intervention, that's happening a lot because people are coming in sometimes in a state of complete mm-hmm. chaos. So the next step is to move on to your final placement. So how many, where are you in your placement at the moment? I think I've done maybe eight weeks now. We've got 70 days, but it's three days a week. I've got my midway coming up in January, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely flying. It's overwhelming at times, but it's great. I'm sure it is. <laughs> it's really good. Another sure. thing that I've learned as well is not to stereotype anybody because the people that walk through the doors every day, there's a stigma, isn't there, to addiction and yes, alcohol definitely. abuse. And you, a lot of the time, would assume that these people would be not functioning very well. Maybe they'd have poor hygiene. They would not be doing much with themselves. But a lot of the people that are coming in are actually high-functioning members of society and they're very affluent and intelligent. They just, mm. they're sick, they're suffering from an addiction. It's not a criminal act. It's people are sick and they need help. I was going to say it's important for people who are working in that area to deal with their unconscious biases. Definitely. And I think you can't help it. It's sort of, it's just pushed right in front of your face and you have to realise that this is happening and it's happening a lot more than I think people realise it is. I mean, the centre is always completely full and people have such full client lists and there's more people needing the service and needing the service and there's just not enough of it to go around. But it's vital that things like this are in the communities because yeah. they're really helping, they're making a difference. So what kind of message do you want to give to other students? Whichever field they're in. Okay, so when you go on your placement, you need to absolutely grab every opportunity you can don't sit in the corner and and become part of the wallpaper you need to ask everyone if they're saying can I do that can I help you with that put yourself forward for things and you'll be amazed at what you'll get out of it I mean my days absolutely fly by they're chock-a-block I've got groups I've got assessments um, 
I'm shadowing people. I'm going on days out to visit therapy centers and stuff. It's, it's amazing. But if you don't put yourself out there, you will be forgotten because these people are very busy. You know, they're, they're trying to change people's lives every day. So just make the most of it and you will get a lot out of it. Do you know what? I couldn't have put that better myself. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hi. Okay, so tell us about your placement. Okay, so I'm over at Develop. It's an alternative education facility for 14 to 19 year olds. Mm-hmm. Um, predominantly, the learners we have in the centre have social issue, social issues, emotional issues, sometimes physical disabilities. So a really big range. So the idea of our centre is to help the forgotten and sometimes young adults just don't get that chance in mainstream colleges and schools so it gives them an alternative route. So if you were to speak on behalf of those people what would you want to say to the rest of the world about these forgotten young people? What, what message would you want to? You know we really have to give them a chance because some of these kids are just well they're all just fantastic in their own ways so I think the biggest message that I think we need to promote for these kids is let's give them a chance. Let's put the things in place. Let's empower them. Let's, um, yeah, let's just give them a chance rather than leaving them behind and then totally discounting them because these mm-hmm. kids are great. So how might a young person find themselves in that category? Are these young people who have been disaffected, young people who may not easily fit into the education system? Yeah, it's all of those things and above. So learning disabilities, physical disabilities, social disabilities, things from anxiety to dyslexia to high-functioning autistic spectrum uh, disorder children to Mm -hmm. low-functioning. A really wide range of um, kids and young, young adults. And, you know, with the right route and the right help, they really do flourish. Mm. So, you know. That was going to be my next question to say to you, what are the success stories? There's loads. We have, for instance, in our centre, a young lady, she's 16, and she didn't do well at school at all. And she spent most of her years being selected mutism. But with, honestly, not even a lot of work, but one-to-one work, She's really coming out of her shell and she's doing group work and she's working, you know, all these things that her family and her peers and her previous teacher just thought was totally impossible is happened, but just doing, going for a different approach. Mm-hmm. So you're also in an area where you're making a different, you're making a big impact mm-hmm. on the lives of young people, probably changing their course for them. Was this a set of skills that you had? Oh, definitely not. Absolutely not. But I think really as similar to Stephanie, you really have to embrace your placement. You need to go in, whether it's something you've done before, whether it's something you relate to or don't, you need to go in and just say, I'm going to embrace this and I'm going to get everything out of it that I can. So, yeah. Good. So. (laughs) And don't be afraid to be creative. Absolutely. What does creative look like? 
So well, in my centre, I'm constantly like trying to get bringing new ideas mm. and just start new things off and you know just bringing things that other people might, might not have thought of. Just because Different. it's not happening a certain way at the moment doesn't mean that um, it can't happen that way. You're mm-hmm. always looking for ways to improve things. Something that, mm-hmm. you, that you think might work might be a missing element, actually, in the yeah, service. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. You just, it, it could be something as simple as, you know, playing a video that you've researched or you think might help someone or touch someone or mm-hmm. um, looking up maybe some therapy techniques that aren't being Definitely. practiced and just finding ways to implement even little bits of that. that that's life-changing stuff. It's those little things there that mm-hmm. help people change their lives. Absolutely. Absolutely. I quite agree with you because sometimes people come to the university and want to make this big impact mm. and actually it's the small things mm. that you can yeah, do. Yeah, that that's it. We would be silly difference. to think, you know, we're going to change the world and we're going to do, you know, dent by dent, little by little. We it happens little. one day at a time. <laughs> so you both sound really passionate about what you're doing. Definitely. Sure. On the right course? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Ruby, what about your ability to relate what you're learning in classroom to practice yeah actually just um threw down the exact examples i would use definitely crisis intervention Mm. would be at the forefront there i find a lot of our students they do have social um issues and they could be absolutely fine one day and they can't come to the center and their whole world is crashing down around Mm. them we need to have the ability to say okay right this is what we're going to do let me empower you let me help you let's look at this this and this using the person-centered approach task-centered practice systems absolutely Mm. you know managing their micro and macro systems you know really you can see all these theories fit they and they interweave so i wouldn't say i use any one Mm -hmm. i honestly i can see myself using lots of different ones in their own little way and that's exactly the right answer because yeah. what we talk about is an eclectic approach. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And very often you're shifting between the different theories yeah. at different point. To treat the whole person. Wow. Um, I'm really impressed with both of you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> and what you. you've been doing and what you've learnt and how passionate you've become about this area. So in terms of your next step, which is you're going to be in a frontline service, you're going to take all these skills that you've mm-hmm. learnt. Absolutely. And then... I really do feel this is gearing me up for the next placement yeah. and actually I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. I really can't wait for it. I think um, it's going to be great. So hopefully we'll come back and do another podcast next time. That would be great. That would be yeah. fantastic. We will be up. here. We will. All right. Thank you okay. very much. Thanks for Thank having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. See you soon. Stephanie and Ruby, thank you very much for coming to share with our listeners your experience during your placements. You have given us a beautiful and very empowering message. I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed listening to your placement experience message, especially those students who are starting or changing their placements. Listening to both of you, you are so passionate of the course you are doing, and your message does empower other students. Indeed, you are future ambassadors for the social work profession. We wish you good luck in your remaining part of the second year. Thanks, Stefania and Ruby, 
for joining us on the HSK Student Pod. Don't forget to thank Karen for interviewing Stefania and Ruby. We always appreciate the time taken by our interviewers to come and interview our students. Thanks, Karen, for bringing to us this beautiful and very empowering interview. We have enjoyed listening to your two guests. Definitely, we need to invite again your two guests. Stephanie and Ruby, please, I hope you are listening. Definitely, we need you back in your third year to inspire our listeners before you go off in that big professional social work world. This is to all HSK Student Pod listeners. We are always keen to hear first-hand accounts from HSK students about your work, your experiences, your challenges, and success. Please, do get in touch if you've got a message you would want to share with our listeners. Before we continue with the podcast, We had an opportunity to go around HSK and briefly asked a few random students the following question. As a student at the University of Hertfordshire, what can the Student Union Advice and Support Team do for you? Well, as a mature student, it would be great if the Student Union could cater more towards um, mature students as at the moment we don't really feel like there's enough to entice us to want to be a part of the university community um, in regards to what events the student unions are putting on and also the sort of timings. Um, we are in the health and social work department and a lot of our university life is at university but in regards to the social aspects we're not really accessing it out of our university hours because of the things that are not necessarily catering to our needs. I would like the shuttle bus for Meridian House to College Lynn. I'm an exchange student and as an exchange student I would love to have a place to go to when I'm uh, unsure of where I should go, what room I should find or if there is anything I need to know. Looking at the canteen or the restaurant to look at the food prices because I think the food are quite pricey. Students shouldn't be charged that much just for lunch or dinner. Um, I would say the student union could organize more activities and just more social events that allow me to meet new people and um, enjoy different activities and just allow me to enjoy the full university experience. Um, the student union advice and support can facilitate me to um, the right place. So maybe I'm looking for help about study abroad, then they can direct me in the right way. I just think it's a good place when you're lost, no matter what, to be given direction.
We can now continue with the podcast and get the opportunity to hear from our next guests, Faith, Stephanie and Haley, who will make sure all our listeners have a better awareness of the various advice and support services available to the University of Hertfordshire students and hopefully also help us to get a better awareness of how to make use of these opportunities. Thank you, Irene, for that beautiful introduction. For this month's professional spotlight, we have our guests, Faith, Stephanie and Haley from the Hertfordshire Student Union Advice and Support Team. Faith, Stephanie and Haley are going to share with us a brief message to help raise awareness of the various advice and support services available to the University of Hertfordshire students. I now hand you over to Karen, who had the opportunity of meeting and interviewing Faith, Stephanie and Haley. So, Faith, Steph and Haley, welcome to the HSK Student Pod. Thank you. Thank you. We're really happy to have you as our guest today. So I wonder if, first of all, you could just tell us a little bit about your roles in the Student Union Advice and Support Team. Absolutely. So I'm Faith and I'm the manager of the wonderful team. I've been working at the SU for the last seven years and I started as an advisor in the advice and support team and then became the manager in the end. Um, Loved supporting students. I have the best job in the world, I always say, because I spend my day talking to students and representing their needs as well. So I love it. My name is Steph. I'm working in the advice and support two years now in March. The beauty and the most I enjoy about our job is you don't know what's going to come in, the, you know, in any one day. Um, again, seeing lovely, loads of lovely students. Um, sometimes we have good days, there's happy tears and sometimes there's sad tears, but that just comes with it. And my name is Hayley. I have been working at the advice and support centre for nearly three years. And exactly what Steph said, it's great. We don't know what's coming through the door. Um, we love speaking to students different every day. And that's what I love most about the role. Okay, that's great. Thank you. So you're here today to tell us a bit more about the Student Union's advice and support team and to remind us about the various advice and support services available to UH students. And also staff listen to this as well. Mm-hmm. So it'd be really useful for staff to hear it. So why is your message really important for students and staff in HSK? I think particularly for students, we believe that their time at university should be the best time. Ooh. We know that it can be the best of time, but it can be quite difficult at points as well. And we just want students to know that they're not alone. If they're ever worried or concerned or feel the need to talk to someone or get things off their chest, that they can come to us. Our door is open and that they should and can get help whenever they need it. Okay, thank you. So, okay, so Faith, um, what sort of academic um, support can students get from you? Okay, so unsurprisingly, because we're in the university setting, that is actually the majority of casework we have is about academic advice. The number one thing that we give advice on is about the appeals process which is basically if something's gone wrong or something's happened and you want to request a review of an academic decision, that's the process that you go through. And the process itself, it's written in a procedural document that's quite lengthy. And so what we do is we explain it to students in more understandable terms and help them to understand how best to represent themselves and their circumstances in that situation. But not only that, there's also academic misconduct investigations, fitness to practice investigations, disclosure and barring service investigations, all quite lengthy university processes. Again, we go through the process documents with the students so that they understand what's going to happen. But not only that, if there's any meetings for investigations or panel hearings, we can attend those meetings with the students, supporting them through each step of the process so that they, once again, they don't feel alone 
that they feel supported and that they feel that they understand how everything's going to follow on. So that's a massive part of why we exist as the Students' Union, because we are independent from the university. The SU in itself is a separate registered charity. And so that's why we're uniquely placed to be on that side of the table with the mm. students supporting them through yeah. these processes, which can be quite anxiety-provoking yeah. for many mm. students. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of our bread and butter. That's a, yeah. a massive thing of what we do in the Advice Centre. Yeah. I mean, sometimes students have some really big decisions to make. Huge. Yeah. And presumably that, that can be really helpful to Absolutely. them. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we firmly believe in giving students as much information as possible so that they can truly make an informed decision about what they plan to mm. do with their studies and, and other things whilst they're here as well. So we just want to help students to really think around something that's happening and, and feel more at ease and at peace with the decision mm. that they finally make. Mm. When I was reading your information, I saw something about something called Study Smart. I've not heard of that before. What, what's that all yeah, about? Yeah, we're really excited about it, actually. So we've launched our SU Study Smart workshops at the beginning of this academic year. Haven't we, Hayley? We have. So SU Study Smart allows us to support students in finding the best way that they learn. Essentially, it's kind of a coaching-based session whereby it's one-to-one between an advisor and a student. And we explore how a student approaches their studies and how they may be able to have more an efficient way of approaching it in line with their natural learning preferences. Also things like their energy levels as they peak and trough throughout the day. So it gives them a chance to really think about their learning, to think about if there are any other different ways they could approach their learning through using different techniques or skills. And the feedback that we've had is that they just feel really liberated, that they originally thought that learning was just reading books and writing notes, when actually it could be getting a discussion group together with your friends and talking about something if you're more of a a verbal person with how you prefer to learn. So they feel quite liberated in the sense that learning isn't just a textbook activity, that it can become something that's tailored to what your natural preferences are. Um, And that's obviously complementary to the wealth of academic skills support services, which are within not only the School of HSK, but the university as well. Um, so we feel it's a really good service and we've had, had lots of fun running the sessions so yes, far, haven't we? We've had several. Yeah. Have you had about 10, 11 20. sessions? So, yeah. 20. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, no, no, it's, it's good. It's, um, we, they come in and they're, you know, as Faith just said there, that they find that, you know, they automatically just think reading and writing. But, you know, I, we were speaking earlier on this morning saying that, you know, some people might be better at maybe recording themselves and then playing it back to them and that might be a different kind of a spin on learning rather than having to read and write it's like listening because they're all different so it's finding what works for you and that's what that session's all about and so would students refer themselves or could staff refer them or tell them about it what would be okay so you know our door's always open and our email is always being answered so Mm -hmm. students can refer themselves or staff can refer students essentially as long as students get through and and can get the help they need that's the most important thing and are they at set times or no no, they just book an appointment or drop in and say they want to do it and we'll do it yeah yeah or even phone us up and if they want any further information about what's involved like will it work for them just give us a call and we happily talk about it on the phone and then book an appointment in that way yeah fantastic thank you housing is another sort of area so what sort of housing issues come through the door so we have students who come in have issues with both on-campus and off-campus um, accommodations majority of the time if it's to do with off-campus it's sometimes to do with 
you know, maybe a landlord that isn't following the regulations correctly, as we like to call them rogue landlords in our office, or as if they have a dispute with their housemates, we offer a mediation through our office. All the housemates get an opportunity to come, have a little chat, kind of get their voice, their concerns. And usually it has a good success rate that usually kind of tends to unscramble the issue that they've been having. Um, also, a lot of the advice, a lot of questions that come in about housing is usually to do with like where their deposit goes. Does it go into a deposit protection scheme? Just like contracts. And there's also we always encourage any student who's looking for any off-campus accommodation to go through the PAL accredited scheme, which is a scheme that was created through the university and the local Wenahafi Council. So it's just a kind of a list of regulated landlords and agencies that are kind of following the rules so they know that the students are going to be living in the safest um, kind of an environment, really. Usually as well, um, about anything that's to do with housing, it's like tenants' rights and about, you know, their contracts. And usually if there's anything that, that we can't answer, nine times out of ten we can, we'll always signpost them to some service within the university that can answer them. Okay, that's brilliant. So what are the sort of areas of support are there for the students that they can come so and see you about? Following on from the housing, we actually have a legal advisor as well. Um, and she comes in every Wednesday afternoon from 1.30 till 4. You can book an allocated slot with her and she can provide any student with free confidential advice. A lot of that can be housing as well. Students that are having problems with landlords and contracts or just understanding a contract. And actually we can help them understand that as well as a team mm. um, so yeah yes. it's something that not many mm. universities or students mm. unions actually have a, valuable. a proper legal mm. advisor yeah. mm. and no limit on the number of appointments students can have within the legal mm. clinic because mm. you go other places you get one 30 minute session and that's it so we think it's we're really really lucky to have it we just hope the students enjoy having yeah. it too mm. yeah. yeah it's a really really good sort of area of advice mm. for them yeah. to have access to isn't it Sexual health services comes under your remit as well. We did used to have a cash clinic every Monday. So the cash clinic no longer runs with us. However, they are opening um, a centre in the town centre in spring. Um, and that's going to be fantastic. And that will allow students to go um, and get contraceptive help, any sexual health advice and support in a proper setting. Um, what we can do in the advice and support centre, though, um, or what we do have is we have a free condoms, pregnancy tests, um, health checks, uh, like chlamydia tests, um, sanitary products as well. And they're actually available for students to just step in and, and help themselves and go. So we, we do have that available in our service. Obviously, students are more than welcome to come and speak to us about any health concerns that they may have as well. But we are limited with the advice that we can give. So we can signpost them to a more appropriate service. Uh-huh. That's great. Thank you. I see also there's something about student union buddy scheme. 
Yes, so um, the SE Buddy Scheme, so we're now in our second year of it. Um, the Buddy Scheme was born, as we like to call it, in mm-hmm. our office two years ago. Um, we see lots of students come through our doors that, you know, we're struggling to make new friends. You know, coming to uni is a massive transition. Mm-hmm. A lot of students, this could be their first time away from home. It's their first time in the country. We all know the older we get, it's not as easy to make new friends. And we kind of seen that there was a little bit of an area where students were having that struggle. So we created the Buddy Scheme. So what the Buddy Scheme is, is an informal peer-to-peer support network. So basically friends, friends, basically a pure friendship. So, And we kind of thought there's nothing better than peer-to-peer support. Like Nobody knows what a student's going through apart from another student. So the whole idea of it is just to have someone who you can go to the library with, you can go and have a cup of coffee with, you can go and do an active student session on campus. It's just someone who can share how they settled into life at UH. And, you know, one of the questions on our application form, which is all available on our website, is we ask the volunteers is why do you want to become a buddy? And the, it's the same question, wasn't it, across the board, that everyone just said that they wish that they had someone when they were in first year mm-hmm. that could show them kind of the ropes in a way, you know, kind of saying like, where's the best place in the, sit in the library? Where's not the best place in the library? Things like that. So now we're in our second year. We've got, you know, really positive feedback from our first year. We're obviously going to grow it. Um, we're always thinking of new ideas and how to change it, how to evolve it. But the one thing that we kind of seen through it was we have such a lovely bunch of students here at UH. Mm, absolutely. Like, absolutely lovely. And, you know, everyone knows that time is so precious. Like, it is. Everyone has, you know, lives. They've got jobs. Everyone's children. They've got care responsibilities. But these lovely students are willing to give up their time to help out someone else, which, you know, that says it all, really. And that's all we've ever wanted to create was, you know, something that students will have a good experience alongside, obviously, coming and getting their qualifications. But it's been nice to leave uni with a good experience and, you know, maybe a good friend. That's the buddy scheme in a bit of a nutshell. That sounds like a really great scheme to have, actually, because it it is difficult, particularly if people are maybe the first in their family to come to university. Or more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, It does. So Mm. don't know what to expect. So having someone who's been through it, as you say, is um, really great. you for sharing all of that information that's been really interesting i just wanted to help our listeners could you remind us about sort of where you're based and times you're open and all those sorts of housekeeping type absolutely um, we want to yeah. try and make ourselves as accessible as possible so our main advice office is open on college lane campus down in the student union office within the hutton hub area our door is always open between 10 and 4 monday to friday It's not just term time, it's all year round except for university closed days. And students, you can literally just drop by, come and see an advisor if the door is open. If it's not, take a seat, fill out a consent form. You'll never have to wait much longer than half an hour maximum. Failing that, you can email the team and they'll get back to you with advice via email or you can give us a ring. So the email address before I go onto the phone number is advice at hertfordshire.su. The phone number is 01707 285022. And also, it may be that you're in another country and you want advice and you want to see someone face-to-face. We offer Skype consultations as well, if that makes things easier. We can also see students on De Havilland campus. We've got a little office over there as well. So if you want an appointment over there, if it's more convenient for you, you might be living over there, just let us know and we can book you an appointment over there whenever it's most convenient. Brilliant. Thank you very much.
Is there any final message you'd like to give to the students and staff in health and social work? I think it's just even if you've got a slight niggle in the back of your mind about something, don't feel that you've got to keep it to yourself and keep on going like nothing's happening. Just come and talk to people. There's so much support, not only within the school, which has got fantastic support available, but also within the SU. And we're all, we're all egging you on and rooting for you. So please come and get advice and support if there's anything at all you're worried about. You're not alone because we do feel like your time at university should be the best time ever. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. very Thank much you for having us. Faith, Stefan and Haley, what an enlightening message you have left with our listeners. Thank you so much for the useful information you have shared with us today. I'm sure our student listeners are going to take on your key message and make use of the various services the Student Union Advice and Support Team has on offer, such as making use of those new SU Study Smart workshops and the various academic advice and support. Dear HSK Pod listeners, including all other students at the University of Hertfordshire, as Faith, Stefan and Haley have summarized for us, I hope you are now more aware of what the Student Union Advice and Support Team can do for you during your time here at the University of Hertfordshire. I also hope you know where they are best and how you can get in touch with them. Even if you have issues you think the Student Union Advice and Support Team cannot deal with, please do not hesitate to get in touch with them. If they feel they cannot help you, I'm very sure they will be able to signpost you to someone who can help. But before we finish with the podcast, we also had an opportunity to go around the campus and briefly asked a few random students, what top tip or advice Do they give you or other students on how to help yourself succeed while at the University of Hertfordshire? Try to go over the information that has been delivered to you in the lectures and seminars as soon as possible. Otherwise, when it comes to writing your assignments, it will be a big amount and it will feel overwhelming and you might have a breakdown. One thing I would say is to not be afraid to ask for help because university life can be very overwhelming when you have to try and balance work life, home life, university life, children and everything. It can be very overwhelming. So don't be afraid to ask for help from either your personal tutor or a lecturer that you have a good connection with or you feel you can open up to because they can signpost you to different things that can actually help you. You'll never alone and other people have experienced what you're experiencing, so don't ever think that you're not going to get through it. So it's advisable to surround yourself with a positive group of friends as it can help you achieve your goals in a much better way when doing, doing any course as it gives you a better mindset and believing that you're not alone. You should always do like researches, always go to the library and do a lot of researches and also always ask people things that you don't know. 
I'd say focus, but not too much. Make sure you make time for yourself. Um, do what you like doing. If that be reading a book or going to the cinema, um, make sure you have a, a balance because this degree can get very st stressful. First and foremost, I would say it's important for you to engage. I mean, you come into the university and you think, you know, you just want to get a first class and then that's it. I would say make very good use of every opportunity that has been given to you. Because if you don't make very good use of it, at the end of like, let's say your final year, you tend to like identify these things and figure out that probably the three years that you spent in university has been a waste. And also, do not be afraid to ask for help. Anything that, let's say, you're not so clear about, just ask for help. Definitely, number one thing is just being organized and keep up to date with all the modules. Getting involved in student programs and if you need to, then going to different workshops that help with essay writing and anything that you may need. Um, information is out there, just ask any lecturers that you have around you. I think, for, for me, I don't think success is like um, one thing that happens in an instant. It is something that you work over the long term and you have to plan for and you have to work hard to achieve. You will face a lot of problems, things will not go your way, but you have to stick to your goal and try as much as possible to work hard to see through all the cloudy days. and. There's always going to be sunshine after every dark cloud. So yeah, work hard. For every student considering coming to university, my top tip would be to have a set plan for every semester, whether it's having a plan for every week or every month. Something that has been highly researched among successful people is to have a plan, sort of like a timetable for every week. We are at the university lucky enough to have the calendar on our phones and tablets and laptops, but to have the timetable on those devices and then have a to-do list for every single day to have that to feel satisfied with what you've done and, and achieved so whether it's every day or every week or every month you're reaching all of your goals Now, before we come to the end of this podcast, I wish to thank our guests, Karen, Stefania, Ruby, Faith, Stephanie, Haley, and Hyrene, for the good messages and news they have shared with us today. It's always a pleasure to have our special guests on the HSK Student Pod. Also need to thank all the anonymous students who took part in this episode's Vox Pops. We have enjoyed listening to your Vox Pops. I also need to thank all other Anonymous staff members who have made this episode to be a success. Thank you all for your support and creative ideas. We do appreciate. Please, if you have not yet done so, do not forget to sign up to the HSK Student Podcast so that you can receive new episodes automatically. This can be done by downloading and installing the SoundCloud app 
which is a free app that will give you easy access to the podcast episodes. Those who have iPhones can also get access to the podcast through the iTunes download list. I also need to encourage you to remind five friends of yours to listen to this episode. By doing this, you are doing your part to help build the HSK staff student community. Please, do get in touch if you have got an idea or a message you'd want to share with our listeners. Remember, nothing is too small to be shared. Just get in touch with Richard on r.matovu2 at hearts.sc.uk. That is r.m for mother, a for apple, t for Thomas, o for office, v for vehicle, u for umbrella. Then you write a number 2 at hearts.sc.uk. Alternatively, please feel free to pop it in room 2F267 which is located at the top floor of the right building. We are always very delighted to hear from our listeners. I know most of our HSK pod listeners are now back on your placements. I wish you good luck on your placements. I also wish you good luck in your current or future assignments. As you have heard from our student union advice and support team, if you need to speak to someone, please do not sit in silence. There are always people willing to listen to your needs. Do make use of the support there is for you here in the school and in the wider university. Lastly, I just need to say, look after yourselves, keep warm, and I hope everything you do in February goes well for you. Dear HSK Pod listeners, for those of you who want to take a pause and unwind, here is a short guided relaxation for you. Just take a moment to get comfortable, sitting up straight or lying down with your head raised on a cushion or pillow. You should be able to breathe easily. Now close your eyes and start by taking a couple of deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth, allowing your body to release and soften with the out breath. As you breathe in, fully inflate your lungs, feeling your rib cage expand up and out as you breathe in. And as you exhale, Notice your stomach softening. Continue to take slow, deep, relaxing breaths until you feel yourself settling into the length of your body. Now take a moment to scan your body from top to toe, observing how it feels. Pay attention to any areas of resistance and try to soften them, unfolding the knots and easing the tightness. Allow your face to soften releasing the tension from around your eyes and mouth. Let your hands relax, uncurling the fingers and letting them sit loosely in your lap. Stay connected with your breathing all the time. Find your rhythm and stay with it, keeping it soft and gentle. Breathe in and out. Breathe in and out. As you breathe, Imagine any tensions or anxieties flowing down through your body, like a river rippling down and away from you. 
If you find your mind drifting away, gently bring it back to focus on the breath, drawing it in deeply and fully, and then exhaling out through your nose, feeling the warm breath pushing down and out. Stay in the moment, breathing in and out, breathing in and out, in and out. Welcome back to the room. You should feel comfortable and relaxed, ready to take on the day. Thank you for joining us and for being part of this episode. Bye-bye from Richard, your host, and join us in our next HSK Student Pod, which will have something fresh and new to listen to.